0: What's going on, Dolphins fans? This is Kyle Krabs, your host of Locked On. Dolphins, today on the show, the coaching cycle has reached a new wrinkle that we've got to explore. Some exciting potential news. Of course, Miami's other hotly rumored head coaching candidate is now officially on the market. Some Shrine Bowl prospects to watch for the Miami Dolphins and the official fallout of Miami's draft selection being finalized in the first round. Let's get after it. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. I am your host, Kyle Krabs, and today is... Monday, January 31st, 2022. And I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins-related listen of the day. We've got a lot of ground to cover. This has been a very busy weekend as it pertains to your Miami Dolphins. And the rumor mill is once again hot and heavy. And this time it is centered around Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh. Just when we thought that, you know, this coaching cycle was going to come and go, and Jim Harbaugh was not going to be subjected to the constant rumors that every big head coaching candidate uh, is always attached to as it pertains to the Dolphins, uh, it came out over the course of the weekend on Sunday that, uh, Jim Harbaugh was going to be interviewing for the Minnesota Vikings job, and then suddenly it felt as though it was trending towards Jim Harbaugh accepting the Minnesota Vikings job. And, of course, uh, the Raiders job was the first gig that was closely associated with Jim Harbaugh, and then the Raiders filled their gig with Patriots offensive coordinator Josh McDaniels, which is a win because it leaves Jim Harbaugh on the market, and it also weakens the Patriots, which you absolutely positively hate to see. So now, with this momentum going, Harbaugh apparently taking the NFL gigs seriously, it has come around very quickly and being collaborated by a number of different places that the Dolphins are going to do the full-court press for Jim Harbaugh. Armando Soguero being one of them. He's without kick now. He, of course, was with the Herald for 30 years. He was on the Dolphins' beat for a long time. This was a tweet that he had sent out on Sunday afternoon. Had plugged in former Dolphins employee who retains connections with the team. Tell me last night, being Saturday night, he expects Stephen Ross to to do what he can to hire Jim Harbaugh if the Michigan coach is indeed considering leaving Michigan for the NFL. We'll see. That was collaborated by The Athletic's Nick Bumgarner on Sunday afternoon at 1230. Have heard similar. Miami could be a Harbaugh landing spot if, in fact, he gets an offer. He's clearly interested in NFL reentry, as we've written for a while now, and we will see what comes what he does. Of course, Ross tried to get out on top of this when they fired Brian Flores by saying, I'm not going to be the person to take Jim Harbaugh from the University of Michigan. But that fine print and then the, uh, the details in what Stephen Ross said, not just what he said, but how he said it was, I am not going to coax him to leave. But if Jim Harbaugh decides, I want to come back to the NFL, We are now seeing the latest manifestation of this with five NFL head coaching vacancies still remaining. The connection and the relationship between Ross and Harbaugh could be the ultimate trump card in a bidding for Harbaugh's services. But, of course, this ultimately is a decision he is going to have to make, and it is a decision that is going to be complicated for the Miami Dolphins because the other hotly rumored candidate for this position – San Francisco 49ers offensive coordinator Mike McDaniel is now unoccupied. The 49ers lost in the NFC Championship game to the Los Angeles Rams by a score of 20 17, blowing a 10 point fourth quarter lead, courtesy or second half lead, I should say, uh, courtesy in large part due to Jimmy Garoppolo finally after weeks of of trying to throw a back-breaking interception, finally throwing one. And now, Miami, it was reported over the weekend that McDaniel is going to have his second interview with the Dolphins on Monday. And that was before they played and lost the NFC Championship game. I feel like this is your very... Very reasonable shortlist. Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator from Dallas, has been attached. He was, of course, two the second of three names that we got before the weekend came around, the third being Brian Dable, uh, who over the weekend accepted the New York Giants position, which, hey, more power to you. At the end of the day, it seemed like he had family in western New York staying close to that Location was a variable for him that was important that Miami was never going to have any control over. I know there is, once again, the pro and con Tua camps across Dolphins fan bases, and the con Tua fan base will say, well, Dable chose Daniel Jones over Tua Tagovailoa." How much of that influenced his decision, we will never know. You would have liked to have think if Miami really wanted to get the job done, they probably wouldn't have sat there and tried to say, okay, you can come, but you're going to work with Tua. And Chris is going to be your general manager, and we want you to retain the defensive coaching staff. And that was something that was reported when Dable took the job, was he's going to get a good version of his own vision of his coaching staff in New York with the Giants. They are asking quite a bit, and I think that's the fascinating layer here now is if Jim Harbaugh comes into the fray, Are you going to sell your soul and everything that you have aspired to maintain to go get the big-name coach? I don't have the answer to that. But I would have a hard time believing that Jim Harbaugh is going to step into this environment and say, you're right. Chris Greer is going to stay as the GM. Tua is going to stay as the quarterback. And the defensive staff is going to stay as is. No questions asked. I'll just go ahead and sidle my way in here and just do my part. Uh, If he's leaving Michigan, he's getting a bag for wherever he goes. And part of the divide from his departure in San Francisco after a very successful run with the 49ers was his lack of input in high-level decision-making with General Manager Trent Baalke. If you start doing the math and you consider what Brian Flores was dismissed for, Miami's vision would have to be adjusted for Jim Harbaugh versus potentially what it could be for Mike McDaniel, who is the uh, other overwhelming favorite for this job. This is going to be a very interesting week. And because San Francisco lost, and because Harbaugh was going to interview with Minnesota early in the week as well, we're probably going to have some clarity over the next couple of days, which of course is super convenient because it's not like I'm traveling and dealing with the Senior Bowl right now with my works over at thedraftnetwork.com, but that's fine because no matter how challenging it gets, we're going to be there every step of the way. And I also know, deep down in my heart, I can rely on Built Bar to keep me grounded in these high-stress situations. Built Bar is a protein bar, it tastes like a candy bar. These things are high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar. You got 100% chocolate in all their bars. Most of their bars are 130 calories, up to 17 grams of protein, and they're absolutely positively delicious. This isn't like chewing on the sole of your shoe. No, no. This is like eating a candy bar. And, of course, it's the end of January. If you're holding on for those resolutions, and those resolutions involve getting fit, or eating healthier, Built Bar can be a boost for that effort. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your next order. That is Built.com, promo code LOCK15, to save 15% off your next order of the world's most delicious protein bar. I have to get this off my chest, because it was conference championship weekend. And, um... We know now that the Los Angeles Rams are going to be playing the Cincinnati Bengals in the Super Bowl in two weeks, which is an extremely odd thing to say. The Cincinnati Bengals in the Super Bowl for the first time since I was negative one years old in 1988. First and foremost, we've had our little rivalry with the Bengals fans around the the Jalen Waddell, Jamar Chase bit and all that jazz. Congratulations to the Bengals in all seriousness. It's an incredible accomplishment. It gives a lot of hope uh, for fans of a team that has not had any semblance of, of postseason success anytime recently that it can happen. So hang in there, kid. Uh, but it's also the fact that Cincinnati has made it to this juncture and The subplot for Miami fans who are very clearly grappling with this juncture that they're at as a team. And seeing the number one overall pick in the year that the Dolphins did invest in a quarterback and were in contention for the number one overall pick that year, obviously did not secure the number one overall pick, picked fifth overall. It stings for a lot of Dolphins fans, and I understand why it stings. And much like the way that I was hoping San Francisco wasn't going to a playoff run, I could not care less about Cincinnati having success for Cincinnati's purposes. I love Joe Burrow as a football player, and I am very happy for Bengals fans in general. But for our mental health as Dolphins fans, we have to in my opinion, and you are entitled to feel however you choose to feel as a Dolphins fan, and I will never tell you how to fan. But looking at that draft and bemoaning the Dolphins season playing out the way that it did is such a hollow use of your energy as a fan, in my opinion. And I see a lot of the guys who are in the news cycle that I have respect for and I like, but were the same people who were driving the tank for Tua train and pounding the table for Tua and talking about tanking. And then some of them were hammering the idea of tanking as this offensive thing. And they're all now saying, I can't believe the Dolphins didn't tank right, so they couldn't draft Joe Burrow at number one. Excuse me? Nobody had that energy back then, so you don't get to apply the hindsight if you weren't pounding the table to tank for Joe Burrow come November of 2019. Never mind the fact that there was a record-setting quarterback that was available at five. You didn't have to get the number one overall pick. Now you wouldn't have got Joe Burrow unless you decided and committed to playing Josh Rosen that entire season. And would it have been great to land Joe Burrow? Sure. Absolutely. We don't know what Tua to Tungavalo is going to be, what we know he's not on a level is the other two quarterbacks that went in the top six. And the key word there is six. Because the other guy, the guy who tied the number of passing touchdowns in his first two seasons in his career in the NFL when it's six, he was there at five. You didn't draft him. So why are we sitting here groaning and and moaning about Joe Burrow and the, the failed tank of 2019 when it's not relevant? You had a record setting quarterback available on the clock when you picked that you didn't choose. This is the path that you've now chose. And what you choose to do from here is ultimately going to be what decides and determines whether you've made a longer-term investment in a quarterback that you are going to groom and develop, whether you made a three-year mistake, or whether you're going to take a three-year mistake and you're going to parlay it into a six- or seven-year mistake. This is a critical juncture. This doesn't have to be like a funeral for the Dolphins' rebuilding effort because last I checked, this team still has a ton of talent. Now, you don't have the quarterback position, and Joe Burrow's a rare breed. So I'll give you that. I bet there's probably 27, 28 teams across the league that are sitting here looking at Joe Burrow right now saying, damn, I I wish we had that guy. Miami was in a position to potentially get there. They didn't. There are other answers. And for as great as the AFC quarterback landscape looks right now, we're entering into an exciting new chapter because Joe Burrow is only the sixth AFC quarterback since 2002 to win the Lamar Hunt trophy. Think about that. The sixth. But Tom Brady, if he's not retired, he's out of the conference. Ben Rothelsberger retired. Now you got Josh Allen in Buffalo. You got Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes. You might be getting Aaron Rodgers into the conference before it's all said and done. We need to figure out what's happening with Deshaun Watson. Like it, it's a very wide open environment. And I think you're going to see a lot more parity in the AFC than, oh, Tom Brady's playing in his 12th Super Bowl for the Patriots. Now, you need to make sure you've got a competitive offense, and that is part of what makes this decision-making process the Dolphins are undertaking right now so critical. And I can't stress that part enough. But this is not the final form of this team, and I think we all knew when you undertook a rebuild, and I get it. It's hard to look at Cincinnati and say, wow, they had the number one overall pick in the 2020 draft, and they, they had Zach Taylor. Like Zach Taylor came into this year with what? Six career wins in two seasons? They got a dude at quarterback, and that's usually how it works. Whether or not it's sustainable, we'll find out, because as we said, the AFC Conference is going to have a lot of parity, a lot of competitiveness. There's probably going to be a lot of volatility year over year. The Ravens are going to be back. The Steelers are going to have better quarterback play, guaranteed just by Ben Roethlisberger retiring. I don't care who they put in his place. The Browns are going to be more healthy and probably have some semblance of wide receivers with a pulse on the outside. North's going to be tough. But Joe Burrow's still a dude. And they went out, and they were the second biggest road comeback in the history of the NFL playoffs. You tip your cap. But that ultimately has very little impact on the Dolphins themselves moving forward. I would like to think we as fans can watch and appreciate a team that's generally has, has been considered for the last two decades to be in the same bucket as us. As I guess I'll be polite and say mid as NFL franchises. And get a couple things that go right and all of a sudden you're playing for a Super Bowl. You kidding Am I jealous and envious? Yes, absolutely. But it's just a testament to you only need a couple breaks to go your way. The first one for Miami is the head coaching hire. No pressure. Dolphins fans, if you have not gotten the Get Upside app, I cannot stress this enough. You got to get it. Listeners are earning cash back for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN for $0.25 cents per gallon or more on your first fill-up cash back. Don't pay full price of the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN for $0.25 cents per gallon or more on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are saving as much as two dollars to $300 a year in cash back, and there's no catch. Cash gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime your bank account, PayPal, or e-gift card for Amazon or other brands. Just download the free Get Upside app and use promo code Touchdown to get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. That's code Touchdown. Of course, the last uh, last little wrinkle here, we got to get the Shrine prospects that popped to me for the Dolphins, which. Of course, is challenging because we don't have a coach yet, but I digress. And also where the Dolphins' first-round draft pick falls, which we now know is 29th in the NFL draft order. San Francisco finishing with a record of 10-7 and with an NFC Championship game appearance. One game better than the Miami Dolphins, separated by 14 spots because it's just kind of been that kind of year. Second straight winning season without the playoffs. One game worse than San Francisco. 49ers go on a run. Despite Jimmy Garoppolo trying to help us out a couple of times. Mac Jones somehow being a Pro Bowl quarterback. So now we have to deal with that storyline all offseason long. Despite the fact that he had no business being the third alternate quarterback. It's, it's been tough. Tough sledding. But 29th overall. I'm not too worried about it, mainly because, as I continue to pound the table for on this podcast, we are going to be exploring four destinations for the 29th overall pick for some other team that has established talent that might make sense as a high-level starting NFL player who might be able to help the Dolphins in their aspirations for getting into the postseason and creating a little bit of noise for themselves, which makes – The prospects that were in attendance and are in attendance in Las Vegas, which I'm currently in the Luxor recording the Monday episode of the show, getting ready to fly to Mobile for the Senior Bowl this week. It's a very busy two-week stretch. But um, makes these prospects all the more important because these are the prospects that are late day two prospects, day three prospects. This is where Miami, if they do end up trading their first-round pick, you're going to have to find some niche players, some role players Potential diamonds in the rough that make sense for you to bring into the fray and complement what your nucleus is as a team. Fortunately for all of you, I have identified some players here at the Shrine that I think could potentially make sense to complement what the Dolphins have on their roster for complementary skill sets to what Miami has. And the first one I want to shout out is Cordell Volson, offensive lineman from North Dakota State. His teammate Dylan Raduns was drafted on day 2 this past year by the Tennessee Titans, spent some time at guard. Volson has played in 65 games for the Bison program. And he is a 6 foot 6, 319 pound offensive lineman with 33 and a half inch arms. He's going to meet tackle thresholds for teams, and he started all of his games. He's a a three-year starter. He started all of his games at left and right tackle. He did play, due to injuries, some spurts of a couple of games in 2020 at both guard spots, left and right guard. And he came out to the shrine, and he spent all of his time at guard, all of his time at guard. So you have a player who's playing on the left side of the line, and he's playing on the right side of the line. He's played at tackle, and now he's showcasing because he was phenomenal on Sunday at practice. that He can play at guard. A four-spot utility offensive lineman. You know what that sounds like to me? A Jesse Davis replacement player. And that makes him an extremely attractive option in the NFL draft if it means... You can transition away from having Jesse Davis on your roster. Volson, predictively, wouldn't be surprised if he was a mid-round guy with all this versatility that he can bring to the table. But I could not help but see, man, he's got prototypical size. Whether you run, want to run gap concepts in the running game, you want to run zone concepts, he's got active feet, he's got good length, he's got good mass. He was moving guys effectively on inside run, and when they did team drills in seven-on-seven or nine-on-seven for the running game, Cordell Volson, North Dakota State, soft-circle that name. Kind of keep it in the back of your mind. Another name that popped to me. uh, This guy's probably going to be a mid-to-late day-three guy and a special teams guy, but he's an important kind of player because I thought Duke Riley actually did a really nice job for Miami taking on a certain kind of role. But whether he's got long-term value for Miami or not is yet to be determined because of his contract situation. Nephi Sewell, linebacker from Utah. He's 5'11", 226 pounds. They got him on all the special teams units out here, and he's running around like a madman with his hair on fire. He can move in space. Uh, He tackled really well. Uh, when you watched him on tape at Utah, made splash plays. He's the oldest Sewell brother, so Noah Sewell is the linebacker at Oregon, and of course, Penny Sewell is the offensive tackle now with the uh, Detroit Lions. That was in consideration for Miami's pick at number uh, six when they they drafted Jalen Waddle. Uh, Nephi Sewell, special teams. Listen, this linebacker group, needs a total overhaul unless you are going to run it back with effectively everybody from a defensive staff perspective and and continue the Brian Flores, New England Patriots-esque style of defense. Whether or not that happens, again, is probably going to be tied to what ends up happening with the head coach and how much, Uh, restrictions he's going to have on his impression put on the team. If you're hiring a 30-something first-time head coach, I'd imagine you'll have a lot more imprint on what his staff looks like than if you are hiring a Jim Harbaugh. I have one more name. It's Kyle Phillips, wide receiver, UCLA. He's 5'11", 186 pounds, Caught everything out here when he got catchable balls thrown his way. And he's run phenomenal routes all week. And he's run phenomenal routes at UCLA. One of our co-workers here at the Draft Network, Brentley Weissman, has been raving about this, guys, for, for months. We at the Draft Network, we have him as a fringe top 100 player. Well, he's come out here to Las Vegas, and phew, he's putting guys in the blender every single time he's out there running routes. And Miami? If you're going to continue to try and make this thing work with Tua Valoa, you need more separators. You need more good route runners, guys who can make it clear and obvious that I've won my one-on-one, get me the football, throw it accurately, and we'll get some run after catch. Whether or not that is transferable is probably going to depend on the scheme because I can tell you the Shanahan-style system, the Mike McDaniels of the world, the Thomas Browns of the world, they're going to need wide receivers that can block and play physical in the run game. I don't know that that's Kyle Phillips, but I do know his route-running acumen is absolutely something that would complement what we've seen from Tua Tonga below and his strengths and weaknesses as a passer. So a couple of names, you know, on Thursday when you watch the Shrine game on TV, it's at Allegiant Stadium where the Raiders play. Keep an eye out for Sewell and Phillips, And Volson, these are guys who I think can really help this Dolphins roster and complement some of the players that already exist, regardless of what scheme you choose to approach uh, this upcoming season with. And it is going to be a critical season. So stay buckled in. Keep it locked in. Right here on Locked On Dolphins. want to thank you guys for listening to the show. Let's enjoy this Probably chaotic week as best we can. I'm going to have a lot of scouting takes for you guys this week over at the uh, the Senior Bowl. And once we get this head coach thing locked down, we're going to talk about the coach. We're going to talk about the staff. And then we're going to talk about who are the players on the roster who are currently here, who fit that vision. Who are players whose status is probably going to be shaken up or put in jeopardy. And then we're going to start to get into some offseason plans to help fully realize what vision we anticipate This coach and his staff are going to try to impress as Miami tries to keep up and keep pace and be the next team to have that breakthrough that we've seen the Cincinnati Bengals take this past weekend with their ability to win the AFC Championship game and actually be playing for a Super Bowl. Does it sting a little bit seeing a candidate that you could have had a quarterback play? Do it for somebody else? Yes. But keep in mind, if it can happen for them, It can happen for us. You need a couple bounces to go your way. Let's see if they get the first bounce right with their decision at head coach, hopefully sooner rather than later. Kyle Krabs, thanks as always for listening. Talk to you guys again tomorrow.